Go. You know a hippopotamus can hold their breath for five minutes? A hippopotamus, can you imagine that? Scorpions for six days. How long can you hold your breath? That was a little over 30 seconds. People with just a little bit of work can get to a minute, two minutes longer. Amber Bork is a free diver, okay? She can swim four lengths of an Olympic-sized pool underwater. 200 meters underwater. She once dove to a depth of 73 meters on a single. <gasps> but what she got back out to the top. Now, most people won't last long without oxygen. And if there's one thing that I'm more aware of than I've ever been aware of, it's breathing. I've gotten better at breathing, and I'm getting better at breathing. Have you ever really just paid attention to how important it is to breathe? Just. Mindfulness is the quality or state of being conscious or aware of something. A mental state achieved by focusing one's awareness on the present moment while calmly acknowledging and accepting one's feelings, thoughts, and bodily sensations. A different slant, same definition. The practice of maintaining a non-judgmental state of heightened or complete awareness of one's thoughts, emotions, or experiences on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. So often, I think it's tempting to think that we shouldn't feel a certain way or we shouldn't think a certain way. Versus asking the question, why am I thinking or feeling that way? Someone telling you, well, don't feel that way. It's pretty tough to not feel the way that you're feeling. Don't think that. It's really not hard. It's really hard to not think what you're thinking. And if there's anything that we learn from Lamentations, we can give words to our pain. Today starts in a familiar place, but there is a change coming. Verse 1, chapter 3. I am the man who has seen a flight. I am intriguing way to start the book, okay, the chapter, okay, very intriguing, you know, as we understand all that there is to know about the Hebrew identity, and those two words, I mean, mind-blowingly, we don't have time to go there today, you can take that one up on your own. I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Surely against me he turns his hand again and again the whole day long. He has made my flesh and my skin waste away. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He has made me dwell in darkness like the dead of long ago. Big breath. 
He has walled me about so that I cannot escape. He has made my chains heavy that I call and cry for help. He shuts out my prayer. He's blocked away my ways with blocks of stones. He has made my paths crooked. He is a bare line and wait for me, a line in hiding. He has turned aside my steps and tore me to pieces. He has made me desolate. It's heavy. It's embracing the pain, right? It's living with the pain. It's the notion this is going to hurt and this is going to hurt for a long time. And specifically for this author, the author of Lamentations, the poet, this isn't going to get better or feel better for decades. This last Tuesday evening, we did the lament service. And I went to it and probably, if I'm honest, a little bit skeptical because I kind of am of things in general. I was like, okay, this will be a nice time. It'll be a quiet time, a rest at the end of the day, but a little bit skeptical, right? And so one of the first exercises was addressing God. Okay, so you start writing out, okay, address God like you would want to address God. And I was still like, how? Okay, oh God, you're so great. Yeah, 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 you know? And oh, Okay, so, but I got into it, okay? I got past my skepticism. Second question or writing point, was write down your lament. And I'd kind of gone into it thinking, okay, if I'm going to write about line of lament, I want it to be oblique enough so that if someone were to actually get this thing in their hands, they wouldn't be able to indict me, right? So I'm like, okay, if we talk about lament, I'm going to talk about loss. Okay, it's an easy thing, right? Loss of things, loss of this, loss of that, loss of this, loss of that, these losses that haven't hurt. And so that's what I lamented about. I wrote about these things that I've lost. Loss of a number of things, right? Relationships, reputation, resources. And in my brain, I was, I was attaching specificity to each of those things, but I was still just a little bit. And, and then I got to this point where I wrote down the words and I was shocked by them, I guess I'm really mad at you. Not you. I'm mad at you. I didn't start there. And you know me well enough that when I look at situations, I'm kind of like, okay, what's going on here? Human agency, all of those things. But ultimately for me, my lament reduced down to the, the point of being mad at God. And that shocked me. It didn't start there, but he eventually got there. And in reflecting about it, I think I understand in a better way what the author of Lamentations is attempting to do, to explain the emotion that we see to explain the pointed words that are, again, directed to God, even though I know God didn't do these things. It was the nation of Israel that shaking their fist at God that resulted in these things. And so I've gone with the person, well, they're trying to make a theological statement, or they're trying to defend God, or they're trying... But maybe the author isn't making any statement at all. Or maybe... 
the only statement that's being made is rooted in why, if you are God, didn't you do something different? And so when I wrote my lament after I got through all of the noise of all of the things, I ultimately wrote, I guess I'm mad at you. Because I feel, at the end of the day, you, God, could have done something and you didn't. And then, in being mad at God, in thinking about all the things that have been lost, and this might be a hard one to get to, so just be gentle with me when you hear my words. Think about them a long time before you label me a heretic. In being mad at God, I also come to the reduction that all that I truly need is God. But man, that is hard. Chapter 3, the entire book of Lamentations is, is anchored, right? Being fully present in the now. And I think at least for me, maybe not for you, but for me, when I lament, it's ultimately me being mad at God. Because why didn't you do something? And being mad at God, I also come to the reduction that of all the things that I've lost or all the things that are lost, or all the things that are lost, the only thing that I don't truly want to lose is God. Keep that. Verse 20. My soul continue remembers it, okay? Fully present in the now. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. This, this, this hope, rooted in the past, obscured by the present, but this, who has God been? And there's this change of tone, right? The, the, the author of Lamentations, there's this change that happens in chapter 3, and it's, it's right here. This I call to mind. This, what's the this? This, I have hope. 22, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Who has God been? Fully rooted in the past? Steadfast love, mercy, renewing, faithful, faithfulness. It's a list, right? It's history. It's God's activity in our lives. And in the list, the skeptic would say, well, <laughs> come on now, let's just be honest. Your list is a product of hard work and a 
product of your own ability and your, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps kind of mentality, right? That's where your list comes from. Your list is what anyone would expect in a list of anyone who is willing to work just a little bit. The skeptic would say, looking at what you call the faithfulness of God in the past, well, that's just, that's just foolishness to identify them as coming from God. And I would say to the skeptic, okay, that, that's not been my experience, that's not my perspective, that ultimately God is faithful. And the ultimate expression of God's faithfulness is that I'm, I'm here, that, that we are here. We didn't know each other apart from a commonality in Jesus Christ. The faithfulness of God is demonstrated in our faces, the fact that we are in this space together. And this is where the experience of God is absolutely critical. Inherent in how God exists, Father, Son, and Spirit, is community. And how God relates to us is in community. What God has created here and what we are participants thereof is something that God has been doing across the globe for thousands of years, drawing people. And yeah, there's been dark chapters, I get it. And that should always make it sad, that shouldn't surprise us. But this is true. The faithfulness of God is reflected in our faces, in our lives. It's proven in our existence. We are created in the image of God. And that any discussion of lament happens within a context, right? My life, my experiences how I grew up, what lessons I was taught, and how I have experienced God, how I have watched others experience of God. And of all the things that I can lose, right? When all I am afraid of losing is God, then I don't have to be afraid of losing anything else. Doesn't mean that it's not painful. Doesn't mean that all the feelings go away. But when we realize our laments ultimately reduce, at least for me, maybe not for you, to anger at God, realizing that God is all that I need in my lament, realizing that God is the only thing that I cannot afford to lose, that I can lose everything, but as long as I don't lose the pinnacle thing, I can answer the question, is God enough? I enjoy flipping through the Wall Street Journal. I don't always read it, but I enjoy flipping through it. It has cool articles, but, but largely I read it for like the non-important like, stuff, right? So there's this uh, section called uh, My Ride. Um, 
and, and basically what it does is it goes out and it finds individuals who have unique cars or um, not necessarily special cars, but, but unique cars or unique stories about their cars. And this week, Rick Steiner and his 1955 Thunderbird. Did you know that before it was called the Thunderbird, that Ford had other working names for it? Do you think the Ford Beaver would have sold? <laughs> or the Ford Detroiter. Do you think that would have sold? Thunderbird, okay? At any rate, okay, so Rick Steiner has a 1955 Thunderbird, which was his grandmother's car. She was a World War II gold star wife. You don't get those. You earn those through sacrifice, right? Her husband killed Normandy invasion. She raised four children, put them through engineering school, the next one through law school, the third one through dental school, and the fourth one through nursing school. She was a middle-aged, a middle school algebra teacher. When she finally got her last child through school, she bought a 1955 Thunderbird, which was a shock to everyone. It went from grandma to an aunt to him, Rick, then back to an uncle, then to a cousin before Mr. Steiner got it again. He restored it, he painted it, chromed it, did some updates, put better brakes in it, finished it in time to take his dad, who was dying from cancer, for a ride in it, 2012. His dad had remembered it, riding in it as a young man. Here's how the article ends, Rick Steiner. Now when I look at it, the car, I get a tear in my eye. When I drive it, I think to myself, God has been really good to me. And I think that's how I would describe my life. The text moves forward, fully present, into the future. There's an immediate future, and then there's a future future. The immediate future, verse 40, let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and hands to God in heaven. We have transgressed and rebelled, and you have not forgiven. Again, there's still some heat here, right? Some anger. God can handle the anger. The immediate future. Why don't I look internal? This doesn't happen right out of the gate, okay? Right out of the gate, okay, the, the, the poet, the writer of Lamentations is just, heart is bleeding, okay, on, it's, okay, it's just raw, pure emotion. We're halfway through the book. There, there's even been a change. But even with the change, there's still a great deal of emotion. Why don't I look internal? Let us test and examine our ways. See, it's all well and good to lament about something, important to lament about something, to own it, to name it, to write it down. That's what lamentation, but it's also equally important to say, okay, what's going on? We saw this last week, right? Tyree Nichols. We can lament what happened, but if we're not willing to look at what happened, what needs to change? Obviously, when this happens, something needs to change. 
the author says, what in here needs to change? What about here is more centered on this beam than on this beam? Am I willing to apply the same amount of energy and emotion that I applied in naming my hurt and identifying my pain in lamenting as I am in saying, how can my life be different? Again, we don't start here. And we don't go to a friend who's in the middle of pain. Well, I think you need to change your ways. <laughs> no. But at some point, we should get here. Verse 55, listen to it. Future, future. I called on your name, O Lord, from the depths of the pit, you heard my plea. That's just radically different. You came near when I called on you. You said, do not fear. That's radically different. You have taken up my cause, O Lord. You have redeemed my life. That is radically different from what we've encountered in the book of Lamentations. You have seen the wrong done to me, O Lord. Judge my cause. thinking about the future future, the tomorrow future, the change in tone in the text from pain to self-reflection, from self-reflection to self-commitment, from self-commitment, from, from God seemingly being against me to God being for me. And the future, future is this. The pain will not last forever. Whatever pain you're experiencing right now, it will not last forever. However honest you want to be with God, if you want to be angry with God, that's fine. God can handle it. God can handle whatever emotion we want to throw His way. But the pain will not last forever. Hope in that reality. The pain will not last. And not only will it not last forever, there, there comes a day for the follower of Christ that the pain won't even be a memory. I hope for that day. I long for that day. The promise of God gives me confidence. The faithfulness of God throughout all of life. Please pray with me. Father, allow our hearts to be honest before you. Allow us to identify the pain, to name it. 
to, to even get to the spot if we need to, Father, of saying, I'm angry at you, God, because you could have done something and you didn't. Let us learn that these words give us permission to be in conversation with you about all of our life, even the painful parts. For some of us, Father, we need to think about our lives, right? And so we come in an attitude of self-reflection, reflection. What needs to change? And in all of this, we trust your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen.